Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engage podcast, where we go in-depth with practical ways for you to pray, vote, and engage. Each week, we upload the audio recording of our weekly Psalms Bible study. This week, we covered Psalm 13. To sign up for the Bible study, visit our website at christiansengaged.org and click on the Bible study tab. Okay, let's get into uh, Psalms 13. Christian, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Um, do you have your Bible in front of you, or can you read Psalms 13? I know it's only, yeah, there you go. It's yep, only yep. Uh, six verses, so why don't you go ahead and read that for us, and then we'll jump in. Awesome. Yeah, well, this is the uh, New Living Translation, and uh, though I'm a millennial, I don't use my cell phone most of the time to read the Bible. I, I still am old school in that sense, and I think we should just get back Thanks to the Word. So. Yes. Um, Psalm 13 says, Oh Lord, how long will you forget me forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, oh Lord, my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying, we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. Wow, that is so good. What, what did it say? In my version, I'm old school, so I'm a new King James. Everybody knows that about me. Um, it said, what about twinkling of the eyes? Read that again in verse three, I think. Yeah. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. That is so good. Okay, restore the sparkle to my eye. My version says, enlighten my eyes. And that's kind of where I want to focus in. That that phrase just kind of jumped out at me. Um, and last week I was talking about how great a salvation I, I have had. You know, I think, you know, when I was preaching um, a couple Sundays ago, I just, every time I share my salvation experience, and I was only 13 years old, most of y'all have heard this, it's a nauseam now at this point, but every week, you know, David's talking about salvation, so I kind of go back to that place, but here I was, a 13-year-old pastor's kid, but I completely saw my wickedness and my need of Jesus, and I saw the revelation of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And, and Jesus found me like in that moment, I fell madly in love with Jesus and I'll never be the same again. Every time I tell that story, I start tearing up. (laughs) It's like, I'm back there as that 13 year old little girl, right? 30 something years uh, ago. And, um, and my friend, Corey Russell, I'm listening to a podcast called gripped with him and a man by name by uh, Billy Humphreys. And they were talking about revelation one. And the eyes of Jesus uh, that we see in Revelation 1. And I'm going to get into that in a minute. But realizing that when our eyes are opened and enlightened, this is a miracle, my friends. It is an absolute miracle that we can see the salvation of the Lord. Uh, John 17, 6, which is those of you who know me know that John 17 is like my absolute favorite chapter in the Bible. Jesus's prayer before he goes to the cross But he says, I have manifested your name to the men whom you've given me out of the world. They are yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. 
So Jesus manifests his name to us. Uh, this does not happen by accident. Um, we don't choose God involuntarily, right? There's a choosing of God. He's not created robots, right? But our eyes have to be enlightened. We have to understand the truth of who Jesus is before we get, faith ever rises in our heart. And that is a gift from God. And so here the psalmist says in the last verse, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he's dealt bountifully with me. So springs, this joy is springing up in his heart, this rejoicing, singing, knowing the salvation of God is a miracle. He's so thankful for God for revealing himself to him in the middle of his enemies when he's lost and alone, right? And ultimately, the psalmist understood, David, that he was prophesying about the final destruction of the last enemies, which is the devil and death. So sin, the devil, death, all will be whoop, gone one day. We can't wait for that completely. But even now, I mean, he doesn't have as much power as we give him. I mean, it's so frustrating to me sometimes how we as believers give the devil so much power. But he's really, the cross of Jesus Christ truly sets us free from the power of sin and death, right? The Apostle Paul says, and so uh, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, for he shall reign till he has put all, all enemies under his feet. The, uh, the last enemy that will be destroyed is death, for he has put all things under his feet. And I love to pray um, Ephesians 1.8. I pray it all the time over my life. Um, that the eyes of my of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So when the eyes of our understanding are enlightened, we see hope. We see the calling of God on our lives. We see his glory. And I don't know about y'all, but that is my absolute greatest desire every day to see Jesus operating in my life, to see um, him moving in my life, um, to see even in what seems like the slowness of plans that I have for my life. Sometimes, Christian and I were talking about this the other day, sometimes things feel like it's just so slow, like, especially when you're type A personalities, you just want to take the bull by the horn, you're ready to just go for all that you know that God's put in your heart. Those Plans sometimes seem to be unfolding slower than we think, right? But when you realize and your eyes are enlightened to see Jesus in those seasons, it totally changes everything, right? Because you get to actually walk with him in that painful sometimes season of waiting. And I've been really thinking about that lately, trying to live in contentment. And part of that is seeing him for who he truly is, right? So let's just spend a second, and I'm going to turn it over to Christian, but I want to just focus in on Revelation 1, because I have been literally stuck in Revelation 1. And it's almost like the psalmist here in Psalms 13 is kind of referring us to this enlightening of the eyes thing. So here's John, you know, and you remember the apostle Paul, uh, John, he was like the disciple that Jesus loved, right? I love that in his own epistle, he 
tell he says that about himself. I am the disciple that Jesus loved. <laughs> I, mean, I just I think that is the coolest thing. Okay, I'm gonna just describe myself like that. I am the disciple that Jesus loves. I'm totally his favorite, right? So here's John on the Isle of Patmos. He's totally isolated. He's like in prison. The Romans put him in prison on this island. And he's on the Lord's day and he hears a voice. And I want us to just, just I'm going to just read Revelations 1, 13 and 16 over you. And I just want us to think about this picture for a second. He turns, he sees the voice behind him and he's confronted by the son of man. Okay, the son of man clothed with a garment down to his feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and his hair are white like wool, as white as snow and his eyes. Okay, check this out about his eyes. His eyes are like a flame of fire. His feet are like fine brass as if, if refined in a furnace and his voice is as the sound of many waters. He has in his right hand seven stars out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was like the sun shining in his strength. Okay, can you imagine seeing like this, Jesus, I mean, like in his glory, okay? And this is what really captured me when my friend Corey was saying this on this podcast. I'm totally plagiarizing everything they said, but it was just so powerful. I like totally saw him again, but his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. Okay, here's the sun, right? Shining in the brightest strength that it can possibly shine. Imagine that there's his face shining that bright, but out of that, his eyes are like fire. So his face is shining as, as bright as we can imagine, but yet even brighter are his eyes of fire. And, you know, John falls on his feet like he's a dead man. I mean, he's totally lifeless. He's like, everything stops. <laughs> you know, he has seen Jesus, right? Nothing else matters anymore. And and he's just focused. He's focused on those eyes. And so I think about that vision from Revelation 1, when I read Psalms 13, and I hear the cry of David, where he says, consider and hear me, O God, enlighten my eyes. He's literally crying out and saying, Jesus, I want to see you. God, I want to see you. I want my eyes to see clearly. And we oftentimes do not see clearly. And that's why we're all over the place, right? We are like one moment up, one moment down because we're not seeing those eyes. And, and I totally am on a quest, guys. I'm totally on a quest to see Jesus as he really should be seen, not as the world sees him in pop culture, not in a lifeless church service, not in pictures and art museums, but I want to truly see him as he really is. And I know that if I see him like that on a consistent basis, I absolutely will be changed. Um, at the end of the day, the whole goal of everything is us to be Christ-like, to walk as Jesus walked, right? But we can't walk like him. We can't be Christ-like. We can't have any of the fruits or the gifts of the spirit if we're not interacting with him, if we're not spending time with him, if we're not letting that light uh, shine through us, right? So 
my point today is it's a miracle we absolutely believe in him. We should be totally full of thanks and gratitude that we see him, we know him, we know the truth of his salvation. And as we go into Easter week this next week, remind everybody um, again of, of how important that miracle of salvation is. I mean, totally invite people to your church this next Sunday. Um, you know, Americans are you know, not so focused on Jesus, but they are focused when they need to be. And so invite somebody, you know, spend some time talking to somebody this week. They're, they're more connected to this idea of this story than ever before. And pray that God opens people's eyes to the truth of his salvation. But for me, I want to see his eyes. I want to be changed forever. And I pray that that I know that's y'all's prayer, too. That's why you're on here with us on Zoom or hanging out with us on Facebook Live. So anyway, uh, I'm just totally infatuated with his eyes this week. <laughs> so uh, go ahead, Christian. I know I love this because I always invite somebody on that has like a totally different perspective or some other verse popped out to them. So what is on your heart, my friend? Well, thank you for that uh, great dissertation on on Psalm 13. My thoughts are that when we look at that verse that you outlined, restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Uh, for whatever reason, we go through life and there are set, setbacks, there are disappointments, there's loss, uh, there's suffering, and that's inevitable. And I don't know what it is you might be going through. Maybe it's job loss or maybe you're uh, dealing with anxiety or depression, maybe you're going through divorce, um, maybe th there's something going on with your kids, and I, I don't know what it is, but I, I do know that this life is not without its suffering, but Christ in us is the hope for glory, and that's uh, a, a verse that I always cling to because we, we know that we have the power of Christ to overcome it, and um, maybe he doesn't always change our circumstances. God doesn't always take us out of whatever it is we're going through right away. Uh, but he gives us new strength to go through it, to endure it. And uh, when it comes to being able to see things differently, another verse, well, another way of describing that, that thought that Bunny had to change our understanding would be to open up the eyes of our heart. And yes. what God can do is give us a totally different perspective with the same set of problems. And of course, God is a miracle worker. He's a way maker. He's a deliverer. He can do whatever he wants to do. But just recognize that some of those times of suffering are actually the most important times of our lives. And it's, it's in that suffering, it's in that time that we're going through the fire that God is shaping us and molding us and extracting things from us that shouldn't be there. And there's... There's so many different stories throughout the Bible about how uh, purification happens. And I, I think about how silver is, is purified because uh, it, it has to be burned. It has to go through the fire uh, for uh, that situation, for the impurities to come up and to the rise to the top. And, and so same thing with gold. It has to go through the fire and, and, and for the, the, the impurities to rise to the top and be extracted out. And then what God wants to do with us is he wants to take us through whatever it is we're going through. And he wants us to become more sanctified, more holy and become more like him. And so what are some practical ways to get there? 
uh, we talk about having this paradigm shift, but what are some practical ways to get there? What's well, getting back to the basics? It's reading our Bibles, it's praying, and praying past, you know, I'm a type A personality, praying past, like, you know, just checking something off of a to-do list to start our day, but it's, it's, it's really, like, all about uh, breaking through when we pray. It's about going deeper and, and, and doing more uh, with, with what uh, God has put on us, you know, and, and, and really uh, seeking not to just get something from that situation, but to draw near to him, just like in a relationship bunny with her husband, she wants to draw closer to uh, her husband. She has to spend time with them in the same way. Uh, we have to spend time with God and uh, we've got to do everything that we can to do those things. But also there's other things that we can do, maybe putting down the cell phone and just having some time of solitude, meditating yes. on God's word, memorizing the scripture. And one one thing that I've discovered lately, and it's really hard for me because I love food. I really, really love food. But <laughs> um, fasting is such a great way to shift your perspective and overcome yourself. And mm. maybe you can't fast for 40 days like Jesus, but you know, maybe how about half a day? How about 12 hours? You know, uh, give up some meals and eat less calories than you were going to eat and endure some, uh, you know, physical suffering maybe, but it'll reset your mind and uh, change your paradigm. And that's, that's a good thing in my book. Um, because in my experience, I I've gone through different things throughout my life and, you know, discovering some of these spiritual disciplines, these timeless spiritual disciplines will help us get closer to God. And, um, you know, this is a really important time of the year because uh, when it comes to Easter, our entire faith clings on this, this idea that Jesus rose from the dead. Yes. And so I, I want to remind you to invite people to church, um, to, to get people there um, and to start sharing the gospel with them. And, one of the ways that if they have questions, maybe they're, you know, agnostic or unsure of whether Jesus truly did rise from the dead. Um, there's a really good book that helped me in my time in college because I grew up a pastor's kid, but I wasn't always living for the Lord. And that really helped me apologetically understand. Uh, and I, I later met the man that wrote A Case for Christ, Lee Struggle. And mm. it's a great book and it's, it's really easy to read. And there are it, it, it takes you through a case for Christ and it, yes. it, there are the apologetics for why the gospel is true. And it all hinges on whether or not Jesus rose from the dead. And so if you want to sort of strengthen your argument for why uh, Jesus rose from the dead, I would encourage you to read that book and encourage others that have questions to read that book too. I think it's a great supplement to uh, your daily Bible reading. And, yeah. um, and, and I just want to speak lastly on one thing going on nationally um, you know, it, it can feel like we're defeated by some of the bills that are being looked at um, in, in Congress, H.R. 1, H.R. 5. There's all these different bills. And but I, I really believe that God's not done with our country yet. And yes. God has used America to spread freedom and democracy throughout the world and to spread the gospel. Seventy percent of the missions work throughout the world is funded by the United States of America. And so. Um, God has had a special place for America. I don't think America by any means is the center of the universe. That's right. not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying that God has ordained and utilized America. And the reason that I believe it, it is exceptional in large part is because God has used it 
her to advance the gospel throughout the world. That's one of the reasons why she is acceptable. And, and so exceptional, I mean, um, and so it's important, <laughs> it's important that we, we, um, we recognize why America is a great country. And it's because 29 of the 56 framers of the constitution were seminary grads. They were people that were, um, deeply avowed in their faith. And even the ones that they say were Diaz, Thomas Jefferson, or Benjamin Franklin, they were by, they were, they were men that actually prayed and they were probably closer to God than many of the scholars and historians might think. So, um, from what I've read, so a great, I think a great source on that is David Barton. David Barton is one of the, the best Christian historians. He's based on the DFW area, um, done so much for the, the movement nationally. So look up some of his work. And I'll lastly say that pastors have got to get involved in the political process. And I know Bunny's working on that every day. <laughs> I am yes. too. Um, you know, from the founding of our country, pastors were used by God to make a difference. And I was talking about this with Charlie Kirk the other day, and the church is really the last hope for America. Um, We've got to make sure that we get the church involved in the political process. And the Black Robe Regiment, they were men during the time of the American Revolution that were not afraid to get in the fray and in the political process to make a difference. And um, there was Peter Muhlenberg that said, there's a time for war and there's a time for peace. He was quoting, quoting Ecclesiastes 3 and he said, now is a time for war. Mm-hmm. So he, him and 300 men of his congregation went out and went out to fight the British and they went to war. And I'm not advocating for any type of military warfare here, but we are fighting spiritual warfare and we've got to pray for our country. And Second Chronicles seven fourteen says, when we humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our ways and repent of our sin, he will hear our, heal our, hear our prayers and heal our land. And what we need God to do is heal our land because uh, it's more divided than ever. It seems more polarized than ever. And we've got to get back to a place where we're, we're, we're praying for this country and we're coming together. And uh, it was a tragedy. 9-11 was a tragedy, but th- that was a time 2001 where people were, were coming together and they were, you know, people from both parties coming together and, and, and they had a time of solitude and they were on the steps of the Capitol and praying for this country. And I, I just remember that imagery because it was, it was actually, it was a terrible time, but it was such a beautiful time that people were coming together. And I yeah. think that's what we need in America. Again, it's because the, together we stand divided, we fall. And so good, Christian. Well, we've got to I- come together. Yeah, we've got to come together. And I love this discussion because what we're saying here, and I loved how you pulled in the national perspective, because if we don't have our eyes enlightened, if we're not seeing Jesus, if we're not letting God breathe identity into us, who we really are in Christ, then we have no power or no strength to go impact our nation. So that's why the call, our call to all of us individually is see Jesus, like get to know Jesus. I loved how Christian said, talked about fasting. I mean, the thing that we absolutely don't want to do, and I'm with him on that, but you know, we're, we see the world, we see Christians being persecuted around the world. Um, there's a call on the church in America right now to step up and to step in the gap um, and to see, uh, we, we're, we're experiencing a little more suffering than we ever have before. And it's not even in the, you know, stratosphere of what Christians around the world experience. But I just want to call us all to that place of, of seeking the Lord and crying out to him to let us see his eyes 
and see those eyes of fire and realize what we have been uh, created for. And if if he truly is our, our identity and those eyes of fire are the only thing that we want to see, then we're not going to care what anybody thinks. We're going to step into that gap and we're going to make a difference, right? Because Jesus is the only thing that really, really matters for us. So, and I loved uh, The Case for Christ. If you haven't seen the movie, I love the movie too. <laughs> the movie's so great. So, I mean, take a couple friends over that are really familiar with um, the Lord and bring them over and watch The Case for Christ um, over you know, Easter weekend or something. So, well, I'm going to close this out in prayer. Christian, thank you so much for joining us. What a blessing today. And, and I just want to pray over all of our eyes, Lord, we just uh, pray that you would uh, open the eyes of our understanding, Lord, that we would truly see your glory, that we you would see, we would see the purpose that you created us for, that you would show us our identity in you, that you would show us uh, how great a salvation that we have received. What have we received? We have received a huge basket um, of of riches and treasure um, that you've given us, Lord. Help us to esteem that wisely. Help us to uh, step into the gap and to be the change agents in this nation. And Lord, we just want to start by seeing you, by uh, spending time with you. As Christian so eloquently said, it's not so complicated. It's really just about spending time in your word, spending time in prayer, um, seeking you with our whole heart, even just sitting and saying, Jesus, I love you. I, I just want to see your eyes today. Whatever that looks like for us, Lord, I thank you that you bring us into a place of hunger where we can't live without it. And God, we uh, we want to say, uh, like the psalmist, Lord, we want to rejoice in our great salvation. Lord, help us to rejoice in that salvation. Help us to share it with others this week as we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord and his soon return. Lord, we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Woohoo! Okay, guys. Well, we love you. Happy Monday. Um, have a wonderful day. We will be back here with Psalms 14 next week. It's going to take us three beautiful years to go through the book of Psalms. I, I don't know about y'all, but I am going in depth more than I ever have on the book of Psalms. And it's just so rich. So Christian, thanks for joining us. Enjoy Montgomery Thank County, brother. Tell everybody. Thank hi. You. And, uh, and we'll see you soon. Okay. All right. God bless. Blessings. Thank you for joining us today. This podcast is a production of Christians Engaged. We are a nonpartisan nonprofit that exists to awaken, motivate, and educate ordinary believers in Jesus Christ to pray for our nation regularly, vote in every election, and engage our hearts in some form of political activism. To learn more about us, please visit our website at christiansengaged.org. That's christiansengaged.org.